In a world where we are meant to be more socially connected than ever, how is it that one in three Australians are feeling lonely? Unfortunately, the impacts of our lack of human interaction is stemming beyond just feeling lonely, but creating a break in our ability to mindfully communicate, manage conflict, and also serving detrimental to our productivity, physical activity, and is only resulting in social media addictions. Welcome to Life Changing Evolution the podcast where we explore mindset, nutrition, fitness, personal growth, and building a fulfilling lifestyle. I'm Monique Howe, your host, a successful coach who has transformed the lives of hundreds of everyday people just like you, empowering them to reach their full potential by evolving mentally, physically, and emotionally. Passionate about helping people succeed and want to empower others to transform their mindset, perspectives, and achieve balance in their lives. If you're ready to elevate your mindset and health, you're in the right place. Consider this podcast your go to resource for navigating life's ups and downs. Every episode will provide you with valuable education, resources, and actionable steps to unlock your full potential. Because when our cup is full, we live, do, and give better. And ultimately, we live a more fulfilling life. And that's what this life is for. I invite you to be a part of the life-changing evolution by subscribing to this podcast, ensuring you never miss an episode. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to a new week of evolution. And thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today, I'm excited to explore the transformative power of mindful communication and conflict resolution. I feel like these two practices play such a critical role in so many circumstances in our lives, yet it's probably the two most undervalued, spoken of, or learnt practices within our society. Just think about it for a second. Communication is what brings us together or can tear us apart. It's what allows us as humans to express our needs, thoughts, feelings, and so much more. But if we cannot communicate properly, how can you expect another to understand? Let me put it to you like this. Can you read a coded map if you don't understand the codes? Can you read a book if it's in a language you haven't learned? The answer to these is no. So how can you expect another person to understand your communication if you cannot communicate it in a mindful, open manner? How can you expect to solve conflicts if you're unable to manage your emotions and interpret the bigger picture? The reality is you can't. So today I want to help you in being able to learn the abilities and understand the importance of mindful communication and conflict resolution. Before we delve into the practical aspects, let's establish a shared understanding of the key concepts we'll be exploring. Mindful communication is the art of being fully present in our interactions, promoting active listening, non-judgmental awareness, and intentional expression. Conflict resolution, on the other hand, is the constructive process of addressing disputes, aiming for solutions that benefit all parties involved. Empathy is the core zone of effective communication. It involves understanding and sharing the feelings of others, fostering a deep emotional connection. 
Many people believe empathy is just feeling sorry for someone or being flexible and bending to suit their demands, if you were to say. However, it's so much more than that. Just like how we discussed last week with forgiveness, empathy encourages open communication and promotes a collaborative approach to finding solutions, fostering harmony in personal and professional circumstances. Then there is compassion, and this is very closely linked with empathy. Compassion is the heartfelt desire to alleviate another's suffering, emphasizing a genuine concern for their well-being, a genuine care for another. Both of these skills are not only essential in personal relationships, but also critical in fostering a positive work environment and enhancing collaboration. Unfortunately, though, the biggest reason for the undervalued and underdeveloped aspect of these practices and the challenge that we face when it comes to both of these crucial elements is the result of our modern society. In today's fast-paced and digitally connected world, the constant influx of information and the rise of online interactions dilutes the quality of human connection. Our new way of connecting is beyond the required level of interaction we need to develop effective skills like empathy and compassion. How can you truly understand one's communication levels, read their need for compassion and empathy when you are now so used to messaging, which has not got the ability to hold significant emotional connection? Yes, we have emojis and the common, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. I hope you're okay. I'm always here kind of comments to the surface, but When in a disagreement, simply leaving someone on red or blocking, defriending, sending them a finger emoji isn't going to work when it comes to -to face-to-face communication, is it? This means that we now hold a lack of emotional awareness, communication, and the skill to interact with another human being due to the limited times a day we actually interact with another human being. Think about this for a second. When you're waiting in the doctor's office, are you on your phone or talking to the person next to you? When you're waiting in line for something, are you on your phone, waiting or engaging with another? What about at the checkout? We now don't even have to speak to someone on our weekly shopping trip. Can you see? We are now living in a world that emphasizes individualism and with individualism, as we discussed in episode 10, also comes competition because we no longer see ourselves standing together, but instead standing individually. And when we are alone, all that's left to do is compare what he or she has against what we have or what he or she does versus what we do, because we are running a race against another, not as a collaborative collective community. When we look at how households now raise families, you can see where our society now facilitates individualism. Look back into our history or even 20 or so years ago when a couple had a baby, grandparents, aunties, uncles, close friends, great-grandparents, cousins, everybody was around and involved in that raising babysitting, coming over to help, whatever it was, there would be family barbecues or events. And if you go back even further, villagers would come together and raise that one child. However, in our modern society, now most children are at home by themselves because parents are having to work, big hours just to pay bills, 
or are also consumed by their own social demands and lives that they don't realize they are neglecting the most important and crucial aspect of life, and that's human engagement. Actual human engagement, not social stories, text messages, emails, Twitters, and Instagram threads, but instead that real human face-to-face conversation. Dinner time now in most households are spent socially interacting online instead of in person. The impacts of this is what is leading to the breakdown of our mindful communication and conflict management skills. And the research from 2023 are showing that as a nation, one in three Australians are feeling lonely. And I know this may not be a direct statistic for engagement with humans, but loneliness is a clear indicator that someone is feeling isolated or without the social interaction they need. This is a very bad ratio, one in three. That means most of our society are feeling as though they are lacking social engagement, which is the underpinning of our existence. But what's worse is the impacts of loneliness and our lack of human connection is resulting in less engagement in physical activity. It's causing a higher degree of social media addiction. It's creating less productivity at work. And to give you an insight into some raw facts, those of us who feel lonely are 4.6 times more likely to have depression and social anxiety and 5.2 times more likely to have a poorer well-being. It's a proven fact that the lack of human connection is a risk factor for poor health, well-being, and lower productivity when it comes to our routines, lives, work, and more. So beyond the impacts of proving detrimental to our skills of empathy and compassion, lacking in human interaction is proving more detrimental than you think. The foundational skills of empathy and compassion are not just abstract concepts. They are the bedrock of healthy, thriving relationships, both in our professional and personal lives. As you can see, we need these healthy relationships for not just our physical well-being, but also need them to further enhance our ability to communicate, manage conflicts, and foster further social engagement. So what does mindful communication do? Well, in personal relationships, mindful communication can strengthen the bonds with our loved ones by fostering deeper connections and reducing misunderstandings. Conflict resolution becomes a guiding light, ensuring that disagreements don't become destructive, but instead serve as opportunities for growth and understanding and to learn about each other or how to bond further together. Now, when bringing these skills into both the professional and personal arena, the impacts can be visually understood. Effective communication is the core stone of successful collaboration. Mindful communication ensures that messages are clear and that people can understand each other. They can feel heard and valued. Conflict resolution, when approached with empathy and compassion, transforms challenges into opportunities for innovation and strengthen teamwork. Further to this, empathy within the workplace contributes to a positive organizational culture. And when looking at personal relationships, it brings a space where one can feel comfortable within who they are and what they need to express. It promotes a sense of belonging and encourages individuals to bring their authentic selves into that environment, fostering creativity, innovation, and promotes the ability for self-boundaries and self-expression. 
Compassion woven into the fabric of these environments and teamwork not only enhances one's well-being, but can also foster a supportive environment. It creates a place where we can not just foster in our success, whether that's for our career goals, our home routines, but we can also enjoy the process. It allows us to be our individual self and creates a supportive environment for us to be in. See how all of these elements are intertwining. Your empathy, compassion now creates and interlinks with your environments that we discussed in episode 12. As we navigate through the practical applications of mindful communication, conflict resolution, empathy, and compassion, keep in mind the profound impact these skills can have on your relationships, both personal and professional. They are not just tools for problem solving. They are the building blocks of a more connected, harmonious and fulfilling life. If there is nothing else you managed to take away from today's episode, please remember this. In order to foster empathy and compassion, there is an ever-growing requirement of conscious effort to slow down, listen actively and engage in meaningful face-to-face interactions. Let's dive into the definition and principles of mindful communication. Now, mindful communication involves being fully present in the moment, consciously and intentionally engaging in conversations. It is rooted in principles that prioritize openness, non-judgment, and authenticity. By practicing mindfulness in communication, we create space for understanding, empathy, and connection, fostering an environment where dialogue can flourish. There are several pillars that provide the foundations of mindful communication. The first is active listening. A key pillar of mindful communication is active listening, the art of fully concentrating, understanding, responding, and remembering what is being said. Through active listening, we can validate the speaker's perspective, build trust, and minimize misunderstandings. It's about more than just hearing words. It's about grasping the underlying emotions and intentions, promoting a deeper connection between communicators. The second pillar is nonverbal communication. Communication extends beyond words. Nonverbal cues such as facial expressions, body language, and tone of voice play a significant role. Mindful communication involves being attuned to these nonverbal signs, as they often convey emotions that words alone may not capture. Being aware of and interpreting these cues enhances our understanding and responsiveness in conversations. The third pillar is around your ability to mindfully speak, aka choosing words with intention. Mindful speaking emphasizes the importance of choosing words consciously and with purpose. It involves considering the impact of our words on others and the overall tone of the conversation. By expressing ourselves with intention, we contribute to a positive and constructive communication environment. Mindful speaking also encourages us to pause reflect and respond thoughtfully rather than react impulsively in challenging situations. All three of these pillars are interconnected and work together to create a more meaningful and effective mode of interaction. They serve and create the ability for mindful communication. The principles of mindful communication can be transformative, not only in preventing conflicts, but also in fostering deeper connections and understanding in all areas of lives.
Remember, mindful communication is understanding that code to be able to read the map. Now let's talk about conflict, a word that when many of us hear, straight away we cringe at the thought. But the reality is, conflict is an inherent part of human interaction, arising from diverse perspectives, needs and goals. However, it is essential to recognize that conflict in itself is not inherently negative. Instead, it becomes an opportunity for growth and understanding when approached with the right mindset and skills. Embracing the inevitability of conflict allows us to shift our focus from avoiding it to navigating it constructively. Because not all conflict is bad. In fact, we need conflict, or I like to deem it a healthy debate in our lives to help us in regulating emotions and it helps us understand different perspectives and find common ground. Although understanding the difference between healthy and unhealthy conflicts is essential to your development here because not all conflicts are created equal. Healthy conflicts, when managed effectively, can lead to innovation, improved relationships and personal development. Unhealthy conflicts, on the other hand, can be destructive, eroding trust and hindering collaboration. Understanding the difference between the two is crucial for applying appropriate conflict resolution strategies. So when it comes to identifying the difference between conflicts, healthy or unhealthy, there are a few key elements you can use to interpret the health of the conflict situation. Signs of an unhealthy conflict often include escalating tension, a breakdown in communication, and a focus on personal attacks rather than the issue at hand. Hostility, defensiveness, and lack of empathy are also common indicators of an unhealthy conflict. Additionally, if the conflict is persistently unresolved or leads to negative consequences for individuals or the team, it may be a sign of an unhealthy dynamic. Have you ever been in a disagreement and before you know it, blame is being thrown onto the other person or comments are being said left, right and center, which when looking back, you now think I shouldn't have said something like that. This is a personal attack where you are throwing out defensive and hurtful or negative comments, statements, past occurrences at another person to try and protect yourself or make yourself look less in the wrong, if you were to say. This is your fight or flight kicking in, instead of your empathy or mindful communication. I like to call this tendency in a conflict circumstance as the emotional tornado. As you can probably guess, the emotional tornado is a destructive, out-of-control wind of emotions that comes through during a conflict and absolutely has no good, only destruction. And this is where having the skills of self-awareness, mindful communication, and empathy come into place because these are the calm to your storm. Yes, you may get worked up or so may the other person, but in the heat of the moment, before it all boils over, you develop the ability to stop, recognize, take a moment to breathe, interpret, and then approach the conflict embraced with empathy, mindful communication, and in turn, this leads to a healthier outcome and a healthier conflict situation. In that case, a healthy conflict tends to exhibit certain positive characteristics. It is marked by open communication and a willingness to listen to different perspectives and a focus on addressing the root causes of the disagreement. 
Healthy conflicts encourage creativity and problem solving, fostering an environment where diverse ideas can thrive. Participants in a healthy conflict are more likely to express their opinions constructively, seek common ground, and view the conflict as an opportunity for growth and learning. Factors influencing the health of a conflict include the level of trust among the parties involved, the clarity of communication you share, and the ability to manage your emotions or their emotions effectively. In a healthy conflict, trust is maintained or even strengthened through the resolution process, and communication remains transparent and respectful. Emotional intelligence plays a crucial role as individuals are better equipped to understand their own emotions and those of others around them, leading to more constructive interactions. The management of your emotions is always first priority when it comes to conflicts, because if you can manage your emotions, you will be able to maintain a level head, as I like to call it, because this level head will allow you to see things from an open perspective, see the bigger picture, interpret things more effectively and for what they truly are, instead of interpreting something as an attack, having emotional control will also allow you to act with respect and empathy. My biggest tip I can suggest during a conflict situation is to stop for five seconds and breathe. Literally, before you respond and take action, when you feel your emotions rising, face burning up, mind racing, whatever it may be, stop yourself, take five deep breaths and then approach the situation. This step alone can be the turning point between a healthy or unhealthy conflict. It will be the distinguisher to the fire starting. Now, if it's the other party escalating the conflict, you still have the power and ability to help support the further escalation by reassuring yourself that they are expressing the emotional tornado and give them space. They may not even know that they need it. It's a proven fact, and I'm sure many of you have noticed this, but have you ever been in a conflict situation, argument, stressful circumstance, whatever it may be, and then you go to bed, you sleep it off. When you wake up, it doesn't feel like such a big deal. Well, that's because your emotional levels have settled and the level of cortisol in your body has subsided. And now you're at a level head so that you can see more clearly what's going on. And so in a conflict situation where you cannot seem to find a neutral ground, giving the situation space is key. However, I do want to say there is one rule with this. Do not just leave, walk away, or do so in an aggressive manner. This will only trigger the other party further and will also worsen the situation. Instead, you need to use the tool of mindful communication. Have open body language. Think about your facial expressions, your tone of voice, and when those things are supportive of your actions, express to the other person what you're doing and why. For example, I can feel this is getting a little heated and I would like for us to take a moment to calm down. So I'm going to go and sit outside for five minutes or you might say something like, I'm going to go and have a shower. Whatever you think will help you and the other person in being separated, implement that moment of pause. 
Depending on your relationship with the other party, you may even like to make a suggestion. For example, I'm going to go outside. Maybe you might like to go for a shower so you're not just sitting here or go for a walk. Obviously, your suggestions are going to be based on this person's preferences, but by doing this, you're allowing them to also take time versus sit and dwell on the conflict. You're also prompting them to emotionally regulate and show them that you're not just taking time for yourself, but also wanting to help and support them in the process too. Ultimately, the key to promoting healthy conflicts and migrating unhealthy ones lies in fostering a culture that values open communication, diversity of thought, and continuous learning. By recognizing the signs and understanding the factors that contribute to conflict, you and others can proactively engage in conflict resolution strategies that promote growth, collaboration, and positive outcomes. Beyond understanding if conflicts are healthy or not, it's also essential to understand the common reasons why conflicts often arise, because this can help you in understanding the conflict is not a personal attack. It's not necessarily a judgment, but often a result of these common areas. Now, the three most common reasons conflicts arise is due to one, miscommunications, differing expectations, and thirdly, unresolved issues. By identifying common sources of conflict in communication, such as misunderstandings, unmet needs, or differing values, we can proactively address them and minimize their potential impact on relationships. Have you ever been driving home thinking to yourself, okay, my partner's at home, the rubbish will be done, house clean, so on. And then you walk in the door and it's not done. The energy shift in that moment goes to frustration. You may not say anything, but you respond bluntly to your partner when getting into conversations. And before you know it, they make a comment, which sets you over the edge and boom, conflict arises. Or maybe you do walk in the house and instead blow up. Why isn't the bin done? What's the house got to be a mess for? And again, conflict is in full swing. Now, this is a result of expectations. You had the expectation for your partner to have done something without knowing how the day for them unfolded. You made assumptions and developed expectations. And 99% of the time, especially when it comes to conflicts in love relationships, the biggest driver and creator is expectations. We create or pose on the relationship and they may not even be major, but it's these expectations which leads to disappointment, triggering an adverse emotion and the lead to that spark lighting. Or maybe there has been tension boiling inside for something you or the other party haven't addressed, and this will have you both on edge. And this unresolved conflict is the iceberg under the water, growing and enhancing as each moment passes. And then boom, one small thing may happen, and that's the tip to the iceberg done. You overfill and the conflict unfolds. As you can see in both circumstances, with both expectations and unresolved issues, there is a way to prevent these conflicts from occurring. But there is also another way for these conflicts to turn into a healthy conflict versus an unhealthy one by the approach taken once the spark is lit. You have the choice 
to go in with knives, making claims of being lazy, demanding answers, why the bin's not taking out, raising your voice, having attitude, or you can approach the situation with mindful communication, empathy, and respect. Asking open-ended questions. Hey, babe, I can see the bin wasn't taken out. Had you forgotten? Something like this is only going to generate a more positive environment for the other party to explain, interpret, and then facilitate action. We may not be able to stop expectations, but we can certainly manage them. We can identify when they arise and ask ourselves if they are reasonable, fair, or something we have generated based off an ideal. If they are an ideal, we need to ask ourselves one powerful question. If it wasn't done, would it have a deathly detrimental outcome? Think about it like this. If your partner wasn't around to take out the bin, who would do it? You. If you didn't have a partner after a bad day, who's going to buy you those flowers? You would have to buy them or no one. Can you see here, people aren't in our lives for us to expect things from them. The only thing we should expect from them is to be treated with respect, kindness, empathy, and compassion. Beyond this, we should never expect anything from anyone, even if we give to them, because we never should give with the intent to receive back. We should only do or give with the intent to help, support, or enhance another's current state of being. It is a powerful shift that creates a life where you are free of pain, free from disappointments, upset, and frustration when you let go of expectations. Because you no longer feel like others owe you and you have these high expectations, but instead it allows space for gratitude and appreciation and in turn have space for the value of others or circumstances that come to you for what truly is. Now to elaborate a little bit further on unresolved conflicts. It is really important that we recognize the signs of unresolved conflicts because it is crucial for preventing their negative impacts on relationships and dynamics. Signs of unresolved conflict often manifest in persistent tension, repetitive arguments, and underlying resentment. You may find yourself resorting to avoidance behavior and emotional distress may become noticeable. To prevent such detrimental effects, it's important to implement strategies such as early intervention, open communication, and conflict resolution skills. Engaging in those constructive dialogues, active listening, and addressing concerns as they arise, these can contribute to healthier relationships. Also try and learn from past conflicts, reflect on the root causes and foster a positive and supportive environment. This will help you in contributing to the culture of resolution, personal growth and the preservation of meaningful connections. By being proactive in addressing conflicts with personal relationships, you can create an environment that promotes understanding, mutual respect and the long-term well-being of your connections. It's important to remember that if you don't feel at ease after a conflict, if you don't feel at peace or okay with the outcome, 
Don't say that you do and brush it off because this is where unresolved conflicts foster to their full power and create ongoing detrimental complications. So stop it before it has time to foster. Self-expression, as we have discussed, as long as it is done mindfully, is the power to all communication outcomes. Reflect back to your priorities and saying no when the task, event or offer does not serve you. Yes, it's uncomfortable to say no, but when communicated correctly, this is a powerful and life-changing practice which can enhance so many elements of your life, including your time, fulfillment, mental health and can support your values and essentially allow you to live your life to its full potential. This is your opportunity through self-awareness and mindful communication to use your voice to express when something is not sitting okay with you. And this is the best way to help unresolved conflicts. Speak up, create an environment where you feel as though you can speak and express yourself. And you need to be mindful of the way that you do this because this is where it can become healthy or unhealthy. Now, when it comes to differing values, the ability to communicate with compassion whilst having a clear understanding of your self-boundaries and self-awareness is your hero. That allows you to fly through having different values, beliefs, and opinions. Now, when another has a different value, opinion, or belief to you, this does not mean you are right and they are wrong or vice versa. In fact, we need the difference in this world to create a state of balance. And the same goes with your diet. You can't always eat whole nutritious foods. You need things like sugars because without it, life becomes very unsustainable. And you also put yourself in a high risk of developing health complications. Not to mention, these sugars can do wonders for training. But back to values. We need the balance of diversity here. So when someone presents you with something different, it's not about disagreeing or proving a point, but instead respecting that another can have different outlooks, values, and perspectives. And maybe their brain just didn't quite process something the same way your brain did. And so creating conflict over this is not going to bring any justice, only damage. So instead, respect what's presented to you and affirm with yourself your self-boundaries, your limitations, and also communicate this in an empathetic, mindful manner. Because maybe the opposing side may not have understood or been on the same page due to these differences. It all comes down to giving space, space for you to interpret, space for another to share, and realizing that you don't need to facilitate conflict. Instead, if something is truly unsettling, embrace your self-boundaries and self-awareness, mindfully communicate, and it's through these steps alone you can prevent an unhealthy conflict consuming you, your day or even longer, and having a bigger impact and damage on possibly very essential relationships and connections. As we delve into the techniques for resolving conflicts mindfully, remember that conflicts, when managed skillfully, can be transformative experiences that strengthen relationships and foster personal and collective growth. Mindful conflict resolution involves several key strategies. We have already touched on active listening, 
mindful speaking, aka choosing words with intention, and the practice of reflecting on one's own emotions and triggers to foster self-awareness and emotional control. We have also discussed breathing exercises and grounding techniques to help you maintain composure and stay present in the midst of conflict and embracing a collaborative mindset and seeking win-win solutions. This ensures that conflicts become opportunities for growth and strengthen connections versus unhealthy toxic conflicts. Now, I want to delve into the final two, which we have dibbled in and out of, and that's cultivating empathy and compassion, which is essentially the foundation of mindful communication and conflict resolution in stone. Empathy, the core stone of meaningful connections, as we have begun to understand, is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. It serves as a powerful bridge, fostering deeper understanding and compassion in our interactions. Recognizing the importance of empathy in personal and professional relationships is key to creating a more empathetic and supportive world. Understanding the distinction between cognitive and emotional empathy is crucial. Cognitive empathy involves understanding another person's perspective, thoughts, and emotions on an intellectual level, while emotional empathy involves feeling and sharing in the emotional experience of others. Striking a balance between the two is essential for building authentic connections. Empathy is not solely outward focused. It involves developing self-empathy too. This means being attuned to our own emotions, thoughts, and needs. By understanding ourselves better, we can enhance our capacity for empathy towards others. Self-empathy is not self-indulgence. Rather, it's a foundation for building healthier relationships and fostering personal well-being. To enhance and develop your empathetic skills, consider engaging in practical exercises. These might include the use of some tools we have discussed, like active listening without judgment or putting yourself in someone else's shoes to understand their perspective. Such exercises can enhance not only your ability to understand others, but also your own self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Now, compassion, a profound quality. It is the feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another's suffering, coupled with the sincere desire to alleviate that suffering. In the context of communication, compassion acts as a guiding force, fostering connection and understanding. Compassion is a twofold journey towards others and towards yourself. Extending compassion to others involves acknowledging their struggles, showing empathy, and actively seeking ways to support them. Equally important is self-compassion, which involves treating yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you extend to others. Recognizing your own challenges and responding with self-compassion creates a foundation for genuine connection and emotional resilience. The relationship between empathy and compassion is very intimate. Empathy allows us to understand the emotions of others and compassion takes it a step further by inspiring action to alleviate suffering. When empathy and compassion work hand in hand, they create a dynamic synergy that transforms communication from transaction into a meaningful supportive exchange. Expressing compassion in communication involves both verbal and nonverbal elements. 
Verbal expressions may include words of understanding, encouragement, and support. Nonverbal cues, though, are comforting touch, a compassionate gauge, open body language. These will further reinforce the message of care. Importantly, expressing compassion requires authenticity and a genuine desire to contribute positively to the well-being of another person. There is no faking empathy and compassion. Remember that compassion and empathy can be cultivated and redefined over time. I hope with what we have discussed today, you take the opportunity to embrace compassion and empathy within your communication moving forward. I hope that you see that the ability to mindfully communicate can transform not just our relationships, but also our environments, sense of well-being, and enhance our daily interaction, whether that's personal or professional. I know today's episode was very heavy. There was a lot of concepts and pathways to navigate. So I have created some cheat sheets in this week's ebook with strategies for actively listening, cultivating mindful communication, as well as support for conflict management and the clear signs to differentiate unhealthy or healthy conflicts. In addition to these support resources, I have also developed hands-on exercises that you can implement to help you in the process of uncovering the common causes of your conflicts. I've also added in a little bonus to help you with this week's topic. You're going to love it. So as another episode comes to a close, I want to leave you with this. As our world becomes more virtually connected, Take a minute to stop and physically connect. This is your first step. And when you do take that first step, try and take a different approach. Instead, try approach with open, collaborative mindsets. Be aware of your emotions, body language, and the thoughts racing through your mind. Consider being in someone else's shoes because we have enough challenges in life that we face without having to face conflicts with the ones we care about or engage with the most. Let's work together to create a more compassionate and understanding world. I hope you have the most amazing week and remember the choice is yours. Keep embracing positive change and don't forget, keep on smiling. Thank you for tuning in to the life-changing evolution. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend or someone who could benefit from these life-changing tips. Your support means the world to me and I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and rate my podcast. This will help me reach more individuals and inspire them to lead a more fulfilling, healthy life. I invite you to continue the conversation, share your takeaways or discuss your personal experiences by connecting with me on Instagram. Send me a direct message at Monique underscore life-changing fitness. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for another episode next week. Until then, remember, keep on smiling.